Okay, I'm not sure we have enough time to get through the material today uh, that I have prepared, and I think it's too little for the next two weeks, so we'll see how that works. Um, but we are finishing up um, the, the death and resurrection. We've been going through evidences, um, and we covered uh, the swoon theory. Uh, the swoon theory is only about 200 years old. So Jesus fainted on the cross. It's that young of a theory because it's ridiculous, and we kind of saw that. So we're going to be talking about some theories uh, today to explain the cross and, 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 and the tomb and all of that that are a little bit um, older, uh, perhaps. Um, and so uh, the first one, we're going to be talking about hallucination theories. Uh, what do I mean when I, I mean, the t term sounds self-explanatory. What, what are we talking about in, when we talk about hallucination theories with relationship to an uh, empty tomb or uh, the crucifixion? Okay, so um, there's, there's two theories, and, and they're basically, they're, they're very similar, but they they give different causes for it. Um, the hallucination theory is that people imagined um, that they saw Jesus die or Jesus resurrected. These are just kind of things they invented. Uh, do you ever have a memory that is false? Do you ever have a false memory? I, I, yeah, I had a false memory. I, was, I, I probably told you this story. I was in, I was in college and I was telling a story um, about something that happened uh, in my hometown. And every year uh, out in Spencer, Massachusetts, uh, this guy would take a Volkswagen bug and drive it out on the lake with a chain. Uh, a lot of lakes out there, it's kind of like Minnesota and Wisconsin and all that, right? And, uh, and he would set it out there until it melted. And it would go down into the water and he'd uh, winch it back into the shore and he'd do it again the next year. So I'm telling this story and Jason Quarter goes, that didn't happen to you. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, that happens every year in Knoxville. Not likely that that happens in two places in this country. He's like, that's my story. I'm like, oh. I had internalized, he had told it and because I'm a very pictorial person, when he had told the story, I envisioned and pictured it as a lake from my childhood and I actually created a memory that didn't exist. It happens all the time. We have memories that are sometimes uh, f fake memories. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're bad people. It just means our brains work funny. So, or at least my brain works funny. So, um, uh, so, so there's this explanation that, that these people made it up for one reason or another. And so we're going to talk about two of these theories. Uh, the two... Um, is, is what would be a natural explanation, uh, meaning people not wanting to accept God might try to give some sort of natural cause for how this could happen, right? Uh, maybe the apostles or family members wanted someone to be alive so much that they were imagining. We do that. People do that. People imagine uh, you know, a recent loved one. Um, 
and, and, and they see signs, oh, I know that my father or my mother came back to me because I saw this thing and I know they were speaking to me. And it's, it's, a, it's a type of a hallucination. It's a, it's a, it's a fulfillment of, of what we want. And so we're, we're looking for something in our surroundings to have a connection to that person. So, so they you know, look at uh, this case as being that these people were so close to Jesus and he's traumatically taken from them and now they're envisioning him and they're seeing him in places. Right? <clears throat> so they're suffering from emotional trauma. The other one uh, is supernatural theory. We'll, we'll go through these, in, but for right now we're just going to explain the difference. Uh, so supernatural theory is that God would cause a hallucination. Now, why would God cause a hallucination? What, what in the world would be, why would you pick that for an explanation? I mean, if you're going to believe in God, why would you believe that the tomb is empty? Or that... All right. So, so, um, so we'd have to understand that... Um, People don't, there's a group of people that don't want this empty tomb that do believe in God. Uh, and this is a quote from the Quran. Okay? So, supernatural hallucination theory originates with Islam. Uh, this is the Jews said, We have killed the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, the messenger of God. They did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, though it was made to appear like that to them. Those that disagreed about him are full of doubt, with no knowledge to follow, only supposition. They certainly did not kill him. No. Islam has a belief in Jesus as a human being and even a messenger of God. But they depart, that's where they draw the line, and they cannot accept a resurrected Christ. Why? They would have to follow him because they follow supposedly the same God. Okay, they follow the same God, but if Christ resurrected, that does something to Christ's position, and that elevates him above Muhammad. No, you can't have that, because Muhammad is Allah's greatest prophet. So, so they can't accept a risen Christ. So, so they've come up with an alternate explanation. We're going to begin with this one, and then this is the older of the two. Uh, we're going to look at this uh, a little bit closely. This one kind of falls apart rather quickly and easily, as you might suspect. Uh, so let's look at supernatural theory. First of all, Islam doesn't comprehend um, Christianity at all. Now, here's the, the premise of Islam is this, that God couldn't possibly, or what they state is their premise, is that God could not possibly let a messenger of God die. Right? That, that, that can't be. So he must have taken him to, to heaven and and only let it appear to everybody that he was being crucified and that he was being killed. They don't explain exactly whether this was like a vision or whether it was somebody else that looked like Jesus. We don't know. It's very vague. Which, when you're making stuff up, you tend to be vague, right? Um, so, uh, so the premise um, is that... Is, is, falls apart uh, because they misunderstand the concept of Christianity. What concept of Christianity do they not understand? 
What's that? Apparently Christ died and rose. Well, they, yeah. Right. They, so they don't understand that. But, but the, the concept of Christianity that they don't understand is what? Christ brought a new dispensation. Okay. They don't understand that the resurrection of Christ is central to the New Testament. It is central. They, they have this view of Christianity like, like we messed up or something. They, they don't understand it. And we need to understand why. In Saudi Arabia, prior to Islam, Saudi Arabia was a very confused place. Uh, it, it didn't have a, a single organized religion. It was very pagan. In fact, many of the things in Islam were already there. That obelisk thing that they worship was already worshipped. Um, Didn't that come from, like, Egypt? Uh, it, it's really... Well, that was already always, I think, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they borrowed their religion from various places. Um, it's a construct of, of Egypt. Allah, the name Allah, already existed long before Muhammad. Uh, a lot of their traditions and practices were already in existence. So, so, but it was very pagan and... Um, also, you have a, a significant presence of Jews down there of, as merchants and various things like that. So, so there's a significant Jewish population down there. So he's heard of Jewish population. There's also, uh, by 622, there's a very significant Christian population down there. Uh, there's a very large uh, Christian presence. And we, we, we kind of don't think of it that way because of our modern understanding of geography and everything. That's all been wiped out. Um, in fact, he, he was a slave. Muhammad was a slave for a woman, uh, a Christian woman, who had a very good friend who was a Catholic priest. So he heard, he's got this mishmash of ideas, and he understands none of it. And, and, and so he, he's kind of combining these things. And that's why when, if you read the Quran, you'll he's like, oh, God, that kind of sounds familiar. And there's, there's little vague things from Jewish thought and from Christian thought, and it's all kind of mixed in there. Um, but they, he didn't understand the concepts of Christianity. So, like, so in his mind, how could God allow him, his messenger to die? Um, so he, the first thing is he doesn't understand uh, the concept of Christianity, of, of, of sacrifice, of Christ's sacrifice for, for sins. The second thing, the premise uh, is provably false. Um, what do I mean by that? The, the fact that God couldn't possibly allow his messengers to die. How is that provably false? Historically, we know he lived and he died. Okay. Let's back up even before Christ. What do we know? Which of our, which of our prophets haven't you killed? <laughs> Right? Like, like they all died. I mean, like, it's like, how many? I mean, it's easier to count the ones that lived and, and died a natural death. Yeah. That, that premise is provably false. So, so it, that falls apart. Um, and, and finally, the Quran contradicts itself four times um, in uh, chapter 3, verse 55, and it's divided up differently than like our, our Bible is composed of all these different letters and books. Uh, so 355, 3144, 5117, 1933 all reference messengers of God dying. 
or being killed or the possibility of it. So, so again, it's, it's not a well... It, it's not a well-written book. Uh, it's like, you know, you, <laughs> this detail over here con- flatly contradicts um, other, other statements. So, so it falls apart. So I want to spend a little bit more time on the natural theory of hallucination, that, that there's all these, these things uh, that, you know, that people suffer traumatically and, and so they in, invented thoughts in their mind. Well, well what would... Uh, uh, what would be a problem to that? What would be a problem to hallucinations being an explanation for for Christ's? Hallucinations are individual. That you say? Well, now wait a minute. A lot of people believe in UFOs, and a lot of people have seen the Virgin Mary and toast. <laughs> That, by the way, sold for e- on eBay for $28,000. It's a grilled cheese sandwich with a... With, <laughs> that's a grilled cheese sandwich with Mary. You tell me you don't see that there? I do see it, but I'm, I'm, I didn't know if you were talking about the other one or not. Yeah. She, she, the problem is she took a bite out of it before she, she knows. She used, <laughs> yep. So, so how do you explain that? Well, it's easy to explain, actually. Uh, so, um, in answering this, um, those things, UFO sightings and appearances of Mary are all, whatever the hallucinations are, even where you have group hallucinations, they're typically more group think. One person has it. What's that? When you talk about the Virgin Mary, the sighting was up in Mesita, Wisconsin, and it's still very highly popular up there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that was purchased by a casino, the sandwich, and they have it permanently displayed and preserved. Simply as a money maker, they don't. It's a casino. They don't care one way or the other. But it's a money maker, and people will come and make pilgrimages because it's a group think. In other words, people aren't having simultaneous visions of this. One person does it, and then a bunch of people go to it, right? Um, so, uh, and, and with UFOs or something like that, you'll never. You, you'll only find people who want to believe it having the same hallucination. You won't find people who don't want to see it, who disbelieve having the same hallucination. Uh, they are very individual. Uh, so the second concept that we would look at is that in this case, the group of people would be too varied to have that reaction. Who, who has to have the reaction that Jesus died and rose again? Who's... Who are the people involved in this? The believers. Okay, so we have believers. Who else? The doubters. We have enemies of Jesus because why? How do we know that, the, that they believed he was dead? Got to be alive before you can be dead. Well, okay, but, but yes. How do we know that the enemies believed that Jesus was dead? 
they right. Okay. All right. And we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more into that. They wanted to secure his 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 death and make sure that there's no shenanigans going on. They wanted to prove that his predictions were wrong. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's gonna say they, they, those disciples said this, that, and the other, and we don't want to. So so they're very well aware aware of this. In some ways, they were more aware of this than the disciples themselves, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, so you have, uh, you have family, friends, there's soldiers involved in this. Soldiers had to be involved in this process. They're coming over to break the bones and, hey, well, I guess we don't have to kill them. Right? Uh, there's all sorts of people that were involved in witnessing the death and resurrection uh, of, of Christ. So, um, and none of them could be said to have the same experiences that would even produce a hallucination. Some people are very, in this group, are very disconnected emotionally from this. They don't care. The Romans don't care one way or the other. They don't have any sort of personal issue that would cause a hallucination. Maybe you can say that for the friends and family. You can't say that for the enemies. You can't say that for the Romans. It's, it's too varied a group, uh, and too large a group, like, like Cass pointed out. So uh, the third thing is that hallucinations are random. Just kind of repeating the same point, but I want to look at it from a different perspective. What's the amazing thing about the Bible, and specifically the accounts of the death and resurrection? They're so consistent. Hallucinations can't produce that. If you had an elaborate hallucination, it would be easy for a doctor or for someone to go through it and point out problems with your... With your you ever have a dream that seems so real? And you wake up and you go... I thought that... Like, while you're sleeping, it seems so rational and it seems that... And Wait a minute, that was weird. Like, like when you, reality hits, you're like, that's bizarre. And I, I've heard that even of, of people who, I know, I, know a, I have a good friend who um, is bipolar and he has paranoia issues. And he would go off of his medication. And he would talk about how the police were hiding in his woods and watching him and all this stuff. And it's like, he has no idea how strange he sounds. It's, this is real to him. And he said when he finally, the last time, when he got on his medication and stayed, he's like, it was like living in this crazy, awful dream that I couldn't escape from. And it feels so real to you until you're out of it for a while and you're looking back and it's like, it was just like a, this foggy thing. And that's what hallucinations are. And yet out, out of these supposed hallucinations, we get this story written by different people that people have been trying to poke holes in for 2,000 years and can't do it. So, it's not, it's not likely. Um, we're moving a little faster than I thought we would be. So, we are left with what? 
we, we've gotten there slowly. People tried to keep him from dying. Then people tried to keep him from the grave. And, 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 and slowly by slowly, they're getting in it. And you, you kind of just, uh, they're being funneled towards what they don't want. It's like, it, it, it's like looking at, uh, when you look at the accounts of the, the death and resurrection of, of Jesus, you, you see Satan kind of being dragged where he doesn't want to go. He's trying to prevent Jesus from being born. He's trying to prevent him from having a successful ministry. He's trying to prevent him, trying to prevent him, trying to prevent him from this point, whatever it is. And I don't know that he knew what the end game was. But the whole way, he's being dragged into what he doesn't want, which is the grave. And, and that um, uh, leads us to the stolen body theory. There's a reason why this one has survived. Why has this survived? Rational. What's that? Rational. Okay. It's a little bit. It's it's a better theory than the rest of them. If if you're gonna if you're gonna oppose somebody, this is this is the one you pick, I guess. Uh, someone said, and I just a, a a loose quote, but that the stolen body leaves this huge hole in all of human history or not the stolen body, the, the empty tomb leaves this, this hole. This stone rolled away is a, is a hole in the entire course of human history. It affects every event before and after if it happened. So people trying to fill that hole up. We don't want that. Well, the reason this is endured, this is the best they had at the time. People got together. We, we think like, they just came to this. They're already preparing, and you can kind of see in the Gospels, they're already preparing for this. Well, he said he was going to do this. We don't want him stealing the body. They're already thinking about it. They're already thinking about theories. They already have this self-doubt. You can see the self-doubt. They're not sure. And so, somewhere in a room, people got together and were throwing things at the wall and seeing which one was going to stick. They're lawyers, Lawyers do this all the time. They sit in a room and, like, what's the best defense that we've got? We could do uh, insanity defense. We could do this defense. Which one do we think can stick? These are. They have a lot of time to think about it. You're not telling them. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so, so they're sitting in. Someone says, "We can say that the disciples stole the body. This is what they came to. This is the best one they had." That's why it's stuck. The people who were there at the time came up with this. This was the best. They said, they probably threw hallucinations. They're hallucinating. Nah, that's not going to stick. There's too many holes in that one. What about this? Nope, too many holes in that one. This is the best one we can do. We'll try. We'll do our best to try. You're right. It's hard to prove a negative. Right. Right. So, so it is very hard to prove a negative, um, but we'll try to at least give some evidence. That's why this is called an evidence class, um, because we're trying to show the, given the best data, what is the most likely scenario? Is this likely, given the data? So we're going to look at the data of the stolen body. <clears throat>
Um, we have a guarded tomb. Okay, well, um, we want to hesitate a little bit here because now we're forced to refer to scriptures. And, and we've already said a number of times that the Bible can't prove something. We have to accept that the Bible is a um, religious document. And we can't prove something using the religious document. And I am not referring to it as a religious document. I want that to be important. I'm referring to it as a historical document. In other words, that these people wrote these things and stated these things in that they were publicly referencing this. These statements that they wrote would be easily researchable. So when they state, as a matter of fact, that people guarded a tomb based on soldiers that were given to them by Pilate, that would be easily researchable at the time. You don't have to believe that the Bible is the word of God for that statement to be proven false or true. Even if the Bible, even if we say, just for now, let's suspend belief in the inspiration of the scriptures. Had that been a false statement, Pilate would have said, what? I never gave troops. Done. And he would have, they would have crushed Christianity in its infancy while it was a few dozen people. So just on the basis of it as a historical document, um, we have a guarded tomb. And we have kind of a disparity uh, between some groups of people. Now, um, estimates vary as to... And in fact, there are, there are different theories. Who was guarding? How many were guarding? Um, some people make too much. Some people make too little. We'll try to go right in between. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe he records the guarding of the tomb. It would be pretty handy if he did. If he does, there are some statements that are attributed to Josephus that have worked their way in that are obviously somebody got a hold of a copy of Josephus and highly edited it with a Christian bent to it. Um, so, so there are some dubious statements in there. Um, but... Uh, the biggest problem is this guarded tomb. Uh, so, so we have some theories as to who these were. Were these Roman guards or were they the Jewish temple guards? Because the Jews had their own guards. Um, some accept that it was Roman guards, but the number is not known. It doesn't say this many soldiers. So, so we need to figure some of that out. Um, but there is a core event of this that's, that's factual, and that's uh, that the Jews came and requested support from the Romans. So, so they are looking for Roman support in addition to their own people. They want this to be official, and they want this to be able to, be, to prove the prophecies wrong. 
So, uh, if Pilate is Pilate, even in that statement, he's like, you have a, it's, it's a little difficult to decipher. He says, you have a temple guard, go and make it as secure as you can. Right? And that's in, in Matthew, uh, chapter 27, 62 through 66. We're not going to read that, but if you, the two texts that are, that are vital to this are Matthew uh, 27, the end of it, and then it, again in Matthew 28, verse 11 through 15. Those are the two texts that, that deal with these scenarios around the tomb. Um, the, uh, the core event here is important. They wanted Jewish, or they wanted Roman evidence against the resurrection. So we have three options in understanding the, 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 this request and, and Pilate's response to it. He could say, request denied. Uh, right? Your request is denied. Use the group of soldiers um, that were there at the crucifixion. There was probably four of them. That's what they call a quatertion. Four soldiers, uh, one of them being a centurion overseeing the uh, the crucifixion. You have soldiers already for this event. Use them to guard it. That could be one possibility. Or um, there would be a, another version of request denied would be uh, you have soldiers already at your disposal, which they did. Uh, the, Ro the Jews had a group of, and um, I think this is based on Josephus, a separate from the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, that they had a group of about 50 soldiers that Pilate had permanently put at their discretion for um, the defense of what they call the Tower of Antonia, which was the northwest corner of the temple. It's a, basically a lookout. Um, and to keep the peace and various things like that. It's like, use them as you want. So it could be seen, said as saying, listen, you already have soldiers. Use them how you want. Make it as secure as you want using that. I'm not giving you anything extra. Or it could be uh, the language of, of the statement, you have a watch, would be like, here it is. Here's a, here's a watch of soldiers. Make it as secure as you can. So it could be considered a request granted. And if it was a watch, according to Roman, uh, uh, Roman definitions of a watch would be uh, a, a group or a Roman guard, excuse me, it would be a, a Roman guard, you have a guard. It would be 16 soldiers, each one, or groups of four for each watch, six hours. They would be on duty for six hours. So Anywhere from four to 50 soldiers would be guarding this. Now, not likely 50, because it's not likely that they would allocate, if they used those 50, that they would put all of them there. You know, they still need to keep peace in other areas. So we're somewhere between four and 50 people at this tomb. If it was as little as four, and you're a betting person, where are you putting your money? What are you going to put your money on? Some fishermen? And a tax collector? And I don't know what the other guys did? Against a bunch of hardcore Roman yeah. soldiers. Yeah. Well, what do you know about Peter's ability to fight? <laughs> <laughs> he 
He got an ear cut off of who? An un unarmed servant. Congratulations. I'm, I'm not betting on Peter against a military force that, you know, took over the world. Some of them would certainly die, even if they were successful. All right. so, uh, so success probability is not high. And just some of them would die on, on this way to do this. I mean, even if you got four of them, you're 12 semi-armed people. You're not going to come out of that looking good, even if you win. The problem there being is that we have evidence from secular history that they lived past this event. So, so they had to have like zero, zero casualties in this. That's not even, I did, that wasn't even in my notes. I just thought of that as I'm going through. It's like, wait a minute, we have Fox's Book of Martyrs. <laughs> they all survived this event if they did this. But uh, we have risk-reward. What's the, the risk is your life. Some of them are certainly going into this. Some of them will go, some of us are not going to make it through this. And what's the reward? For what? To steal a dead body? And then what? You got to hide. Yeah, dead bodies don't like to stay put. I know you'd think that's crazy, but dead bodies don't stay hidden very, very long. And then they have to perpetrate a lie. Coordinate a lie? For what? In the long term? <clears throat> hey, we can come up with this great new religion based on a risk. By their own admission, by their own admission, like we didn't have any idea. They still thought that it, he was going to rule the world. Yeah. Physically on earth, not. They didn't really understand at that point. Yeah. If he's dead, how's he bringing my kingdom? Yeah, right, yeah. And, and that brings us to the last of our things that we'll close with this because we don't have uh, enough time to get into the next um, group here is the seal what is that? Is it just kind of a little statement thrown in the middle of this it's a small little statement that they the stone's already put in front of it by you know whenever they did whatever and they set a seal what does that mean got a little hint up there they put some sort of cord around it. It's kind of like those old letters that are stamped with wax. And once you break it, you can't put it back together. Right. What's the purpose of it? To prove that nobody's looked. Okay. What's that? It's like those little things on the computer. They have a little seal on the screw, and they can tell if you've tampered with it and your warranty is no longer good, right? You unscrewed that. You weren't supposed to. What's that? Yes. (laughs) 
So they, they put a cord of some sort around this thing and then they put wax on the stone so that the stones are together now. now it's not necessarily going to keep it. I mean, it's just wax. Then in, in somewhere in the wax, they put a seal. If you've broken that, well, they broke it. Big deal. What then? You've just, this is with Pilate's official seal. Congratulations. You got through, let's say it's four soldiers. It's no more than that. You got through four soldiers. Now you have the entirety of Pilate's forces to deal with. And you will not survive that. We have this idea that, that Pilate was a nice guy because of I don't know why. Pilate was a nut job. Pilate went into the temple and set up a pagan god and offered pig blood on it just to rile up the Jews. You think he's not going to go after 12 guys who broke his signet seal? The moment they got past four soldiers successfully, had that happened, they would have been faced with an immediate decision to cut their losses and go home. They would have brought retribution on themselves anyway for killing Roman soldiers. So the stolen body is horrible. And that's why it wasn't believable. So what was the backup plan? This was so unbelievable. What did the Jews come up with as an explanation for that? They had like a follow-up. <laughs> Tell them what? What's that? To soldiers. say what? To say what? To say that they came and stole the body. How did they steal the body? They gave them the alibi. They were asleep. We fell asleep. Not likely. That's a death sentence. Because no one was going to believe that these disciples came there. These, they, they thought this all out. What if we say this? Then they'll say this. What if that... And they had this all lined up. Okay, and, and one by one, these eventualities occur. The resurrection happens. There's an empty tomb. We know there's an empty tomb because they had to find a way to explain it. Okay, the disciples stole the body. That's the best explanation. Yeah, but they're Roman soldiers. And these are fishermen. No one's going to buy it. Okay. We've got some money. We'll bribe Pilate not to kill you because we have this little relationship, you just say you fell asleep and we'll arrange it and it will all be fine. And that's how we got the best theory that's come. And it's so ridiculous. It, none of these theories hold up. Um, any thoughts before we close? Well, that's assuming that while they're asleep that they can roll away the stone yeah. <laughs> I know. You could just keep on coming up with. It's like I, I heard. Uh, I heard one guy, a comedian. You know, he's like, it would have to be a, a really bad thing to be, like a, 
a mobile home repo guy. <laughs> Can you come out of your house and look that way for about an hour? You know, it's like, uh, this would be a very difficult thing to pull off. Um, uh, you know, with 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 a bunch of soldiers standing there. So, all right, you dismissed.